I am Aura Van Dank, and you're watching Disney Channel. <laughs> this, God damn it. Okay, hi. This is what this is. Um, this episode is number four, <laughs> and uh, hi. Wow, there's actually people listening to this. Um, I, if you're new here, I talk about queer-based true crime. So, true crime committed by queer people, crime committed against queer people, and it's mostly murder. I say true crime, but that's just to keep it broad for when I get too depressed about murder and want to go into different crimes, then I can. I also want to do, like, the survival stuff. You know, you don't always have to die at the end of the story. That's a bad, very bad intro for today. That is for sure. Maybe I'll just keep talking about myself for a minute. Let's get a better segue. Let's keep going. All right, so let's talk about my week. I goddamn, I'm getting ready for this pageant, and I'm spending all my money, and I am working super hard because, I don't know, it was quarter end, and now we just had a meeting, and we have to goddamn do twice the work. I don't think anybody cares about this. Would I care about this if I was listening? Probably not, to be honest. Alright, well that's my life. It's not going great, but I have this podcast, and I'm going to deliver you. Great, let's depress everybody so we can get into this depressing story. That's what that was. Um, okay. So this week, I honestly learned a lot. Uh, I thought I knew everything about this case, but I really didn't know anything, really, about this case. I, there was a lot more to be researched. That's, that's for sure. Um, this week, I'm going to discuss the murder of Matthew Shepard. It's a very famous murder because um, there was legislation that came from it, uh, along with another murder, and it was considered a hate crime, or it wasn't considered a hate crime because there was no law to consider such a crime as a hate crime. But that was, that was kind of the legislation that came out of it. We'll get to that. Um, I'm... My goal is to deliver this episode in the most tasteful way that I personally know how, which, I mean, if you've been listening, you know that's probably not going to be great. <laughs> but if you are new here, just know any laughing, lighthearted comments or anything that like that is... I'm the punchline of those jokes. I'm not making fun or, or making light of anything involved with the murder. I'm making fun of myself and how dumb I am, essentially. So, get into it. Make fun of me along with me. That's what, that's my goal. Um, alright, disclaimers out of the way. Um, so I know this is, like, another kind of heavy hitter, I guess you could consider it. Um, but it's the beginning of this podcast. I feel like I should do a couple heavy hitters. You know, I'm trying to grab attention here. Um, and I know every episode so far has been about the awful things that queer people have done, but that is not the goal of this podcast. Again, just trying to grasp some attention. So this episode, clearly, if you know the Matthew Shepard story, you know that this is definitely not about awful things that queer people have done. Um, alright, let's get some background. 
Matthew Wayne Shepard was born in 1976 in Casper, Wyoming. Uh, he was the older of two boys. He was close with his brother who was born in 1981. Um, he was described by everybody as being a nice child. He did good in school. Um, and he finished high school. So he, they moved to Saudi Arabia for his dad's job. So like, I don't know what the fuck his dad did, but they moved to Saudi Arabia for some reason. But there were no American schools in Saudi Arabia at the time, so he actually finished high school in Switzerland. Um, so, like, this is a... That sounds very white to me. I'll put that out there. <laughs> it sounds like a white people thing. And it... I mean, great. It, and it sounds like he had a good childhood to me. Um, yeah. So, quintessential white American family. Well, maybe not quintessential. Not everybody finishes high school in Switzerland. Maybe more well-to-do. Um, after high school, Matthew came here to North Carolina, actually. He went to Catawba College, which is very close to me, by the way. Um, and then he moved to Wyoming, again, to go to Casper College and eventually become a first-year political science major at the University of Wyoming. Um, as, like, a teenager and stuff and stuff. He was said to have a passion for equal rights and a propensity to stand up for what he believed in. I was proud of that sentence. I've never been able to use the word propensity in a sentence, and I just did. So, um, so all in all, he was a great dude. Um, so far, so good. And then there's this really obscure part. It seemed to come out of nowhere. Um, and I had never heard it before, and like I said, I learned a lot when I was doing this case, but in 2015, on a trip to Morocco, Matthew was beaten, robbed, and gang-raped. So this was kind of like a really big, well, clearly a really big trauma in his life that kind of led to other stuff that I didn't know, that I had never read about. Um, that's when they say he became withdrawn um, dealt with depression, suicidal thoughts and tendencies. I mean, clearly, it's, after a trauma like that, I can't, I can't even begin to fucking imagine. Uh, he also began using drugs. Um, but we'll get back to that later. I'm sorry for the paper. I still am writing this down, pen and paper. Because I am an old school bitch. Not really. That's definitely not why I'm doing this. I'm doing this to kill time at work. Oh, I hope my boss doesn't listen to this. I am so sure that my boss doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> okay. Matthew was also hospitalized multiple times due to suicidal ideation. So, essentially we have this smart kid working towards a degree. Uh, he has some mental issues, big trauma, but... It was clear to me that his family was a really good support system for him, and it seemed like they were on top of getting him help when he needed help, and they were... His mom and dad are great. Um, okay, so, the murder. On October 6th, 1998... Oh, I was two months old. Um, Matthew went out to a local bar called Fireside Lounge in Laramie... I think that's how you say it. Um, Wyoming... It's a cute little bar. It's like this college... It's kind of a college bar because this is a college town, and it's like a really liberal town, too, so the bar was known to be 
um, kind. So it wasn't weird for a gay guy to be going to that bar, basically. Um, and it's October, so it's freezing outside because it's Wyoming, and Wyoming is cold because it's it's out there. So every college student is at the bar because it's freezing and it's fireside lounge. So you know, cozy little bar. Who wouldn't be there? Uh, while he's hanging out and socializing, he runs into Aaron McKinney and Russell Henderson. Um, and whether he knew them or not is a little wishy-washy. So it was reported that McKinney and Matthew had hooked up before. Or I don't want to say it was reported. I read. I need to get better at that. Anyway, I read that they had hooked up before and that Matthew also had sold drugs to McKinney, particularly meth. Um... But people also said that this was seen as an attempt to, like, dirty Matthew's reputation in the public eye to, um, try to, I don't know, I don't know, but I don't like that argument because it doesn't matter. If he was an angel or if he had gotten into drugs, it doesn't matter. He didn't deserve what happened to him. That doesn't change that he was a great person. It. I think that that argument is... It's stupid. It is important to know if they knew each other, to know more details about the murder. And if you start saying that only if he's an angel, he gets, if he's this martyr, that's when he gets to have this attention, that's when he gets justice, then you're just completely erasing a whole community of people who have made mistakes or sex workers or... I think that that argument's stupid, though. So he runs into these guys. Bottom line. It's karaoke night, and Laramie, like I said, it's liberal, so everybody's there, and being gay at the bar wasn't usually a problem. I mean, he's seen chatting with these guys. Witnesses saw him with McKinney and Henderson. Um, they get into... Or... I almost just said a real person's name that I know. They get into this person's car. <laughs> Shit, I can't put that in there. <gasps> you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna bleep it. Okay. Um, they get into Aaron's car. <laughs> Sorry, that was funny. Again, not laughing at this murder, laughing at myself. All three men in Aaron's dad's car. Here we are. At some point while they're driving, um, they begin to rob him. They had a gun, so I'm assuming they pulled the gun on him. Um, they took his shoes, his keys, and his wallet, and then began a brutal attack. Um, after being beaten, presumably by both men, as they, you know, switched off drivers, um, he was driven around, beaten. They pulled him out uh, of the truck and put him into a field. Uh, they continued to brutalize him. Um, he was pistol whipped, so basically slammed in the head with like the heavy end of a gun, um, up to 18 times, and then they repetitively kicked him in the genitals. Um, they tied him to a fence pole and set his unconscious body on fire. And then tried to use the fucking panic defense. Oh my god, okay. Clearly this is gonna be an... A deep episode, that's all I'm saying. Alright. 
So Matthew was out there for 15 hours before uh, a, another student, Aaron Kreefels, Kreefels, I don't know how to say that name, but his name's also Aaron, but that's not the one who murdered him. Um, well, Matthew was alive at this point still. Um, he was riding his bike and he sees what he thought was a scarecrow out in this field, but then he realized that it was bloody and that it was the body of a small 5'2 young man. Um, the first officer on the scene actually thought it was like a 13 to like 14 year old boy because of how small he was. Um, and she said, he, like I said, he was still alive at this point and she seemed to be obviously traumatized by what she saw because she said she did all she could. I don't know, this whole part, it's just, this whole thing is tragic and it shouldn't fucking matter what he was up to or into or why he was killed. That's all I have to say. I'm just kidding. No, there's a lot more to this episode. That's not all I have to say. Um, she, He was laying on his back, um, and he was tied, like his legs, I guess, were tied to a pole, a fence pole in the ground. Um, his entire face was covered in blood. Uh, and then the really, the headline kind of that got everybody's attention was that um, there were reportedly just two, like, white, street streaks down his face where you could see tears where he was crying and where they washed away like the blood on his face um apparently after that mckinney and henderson the attackers went out looking for matthew's house that's kind of what we're assuming they went out to do because they had his um his keys and they probably wanted to go get the drugs that he had at his house um directly after they did this to him. So I'm definitely thinking that they were on drugs when they did this. I mean, that's like... There's no comforting thought to have about this, but to think people are on drugs rather than just that evil is a little easier for me, personally. Um, and after... They do this, get in the car and go look for his house. They picked a fucking fight with some guys that they saw messing with tires or messing with cars. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But they got out of the car and started picking fight and then got picked up by the police. Um, they found Matthew's shoes, credit card, along with the gun, his keys, his wallet. Everything that they stole from him were, was in the car and that was clearly an issue. Because Matthew was dead. Oh, damn it. He wasn't dead. He was, at this point, like, in a coma in the hospital. Okay. They were originally... Okay, here we go. Here we go. They were originally charged with attempted murder, kidnapping, and aggravated robbery. And then five days after the attack, Matthew passed away. Um, the charges got upgraded to first-degree murder. Because this case had already caught a bunch of press. Their girlfriends were also charged as accessories after the fact. Um, I didn't read a whole lot about the girlfriends. They are irrelevant. This is not about the murderers. This is about Matthew. The murder sparked a media shitstorm. That's the only way I can think to describe it. Um, the entire basis of this murder was that it was motivated by homophobia. Um, 
And for the record, I genuinely don't know what motivated this murder. I am kind of arguing that it doesn't exactly matter what motivated the murder and that people shouldn't get so up in arms when we bring up Matthew's past with drugs and sex work because there are so many people, so many sex workers who deserve the same justice. Just because they're a sex worker doesn't mean that their murder wasn't valid. You know, it, it's it's very hazy. I, like I said, genuinely do not know. I was two and a half months old when this happened. I just deep dived into the research a couple days ago. But I don't, I don't, and I don't think it should matter. Um, but the argument kind of is, how would it be homophobia, homophobia, okay, homophobia if McKinney was reportedly caught engaging in sexual acts with other men and with Matthew, but... You can still be homophobic and be gay. It's called internalized homophobia, everybody. That is not an actual argument. Whether they were friends, who bought and sold the drugs, who fucked who. These men brutally murdered Matthew. They kicked him repeatedly in the genitals after pistol whipping him 18 times. And then they set his unconscious body on fire. These men are psychotic. Like, it doesn't matter. Oh my gosh. Okay. Getting heated here. (laughs) And regardless of the details of this particular mur- murder, I don't know why I almost just stumbled over that word, of all words, homophobia was then and is now a very real thing that is important and that matters, and hate crimes do happen all of the time. So this specific murder wouldn't, wouldn't change that. But the homophobia is very present in this case still, and I'm about to prove it. Crinkle, crinkle. Who's got the pinkle? Alright, I'm done papering. I'm sorry. I know some people hate that. So, following the murder, following the media shitstorm, LGBT people were fucking scared, clearly. Um, they wanted some kind of protection because this there was no law that could get his murderers charged with a hate crime. Um, a bunch of celebrities got on, on board with this movement for a new law like Ellen DeGeneres, Madonna, Barbara Streisand, and Elton John. Uh, They poured out their condolences and some of them, sorry, some of them even demanded action. Um, Matthew's funeral, again, media shitstorm. Members of the Westboro hate group showed up with smiles on their faces and signs reading God hates fags, Matthew in hell, you know, the really showcasing the blatant homophobia that is still alive because the Westboro hate group still exists today. Um, Fuck them. But this did bring allies and friends of Matthew out. They dressed as angels with these like PVC uh, wings. They had the same ones for the Pulse Massacre funerals. Um, And that blocked out the protesters. And they do that a lot. They'll bring banners to different gay events and funerals and stuff to block out hate group protesters. Um, this is actually where that started for Matthew's case. That's when the angel wings, the banners, you know, all that stuff to block out the protesters kind of started then. All right. So in 2009, 
President Obama passed the um, Matthew Shepard and James Byrd Jr. Hate Crimes Prevention Act. The name of that act took up an entire line on this piece of paper. Um, James Byrd Jr. was an African-American man. He was decapitated and tortured by white supremacists. So, and still, there was no hate crime protection for him. <sighs> Disgusting. That gif of that that um, Scottish woman. Disgusting! That's how I feel about everything in this case. Okay. That allows people, this act allows people who commit these crimes to be charged as hate crimes, which is harsher punishments, and it's a hate, fucking hate crime, and it should be recognized as such. Like I said, his parents were great. His dad did a bunch. I didn't really look into it because I didn't... Who likes men anyways? I'm just, that's awful. I'm sorry. But Judy, let's talk about Judy, Matthew's mom, because the moms are who matters here. Um, she is still, to this day, an LGBT asterisk rights activist. Um, and she she's just done a lot of stuff for our community. And she's like the... She's basically the everybody's mom now. Everybody's gay mom. If you didn't have a supportive mom... I had a supportive mom, and she hates when I call anybody else mom. Or... Or refer to anybody else as a mother figure. She gets very jealous. She's like, they didn't raise you. <laughs> I get it. She deserves She deserves all the props. Shout out to mom. Um, so a lot of good came out of the tragedy, which is sometimes the silver lining. Whether he was killed out of homophobia or drugs or otherwise, he was brutally murdered, left in a field for 15 hours. It just, it, like I said... It's the same as any other person. He deserved justice just the same. Um, and the laws and the foundations and the organizations that came out of this murder are great organizations. They do so much good work. There's no arguing that. But if we keep this complex that only martyrs deserve this justice and deserve to have their murders validated, then young men who may have been like Matthew or may be like Matthew, sex workers, people who use or sell drugs, non-martyr, basically, people are not going to end up getting justice for their murders because people are only going to be able to see that dark side of their past and then somehow spin it to, bl excuse me, to blame them for their own murder, which is awful. How and why would you ever do that? You guys suck. Fuck you. <laughs> okay. So that was the murder of Matthew Shepard. Um, yeah. Bummer. Okay. So let's, let's talk. Let's, let's sit down. Everybody sit down. If you're not sitting down, sit down. Let's talk. Come on. Grab your tea. Grab your drinks. Um... So I have an Instagram. It's at murders a drag. I have a Facebook page. It's not at anything. I'm pretty sure you have to put in the search bar murders a drag. Um, and I have a Gmail account, murders a drag at gmail.com. You can send me um, any stories that you want to uh, hear me cover. Um, any. Uh, 
bookings that you want me to come perform at, uh, you can also send me um, your own stories or, you know, like the gay I survived. You know, like if, you know, clearly the Matthew Shepard situation was extreme and the odds of survival from something like that are not very big, but something similar where the person survives, that would be great. Because, wow, murder's a bummer. Maybe that should have been the name of this podcast. Murder's a bummer. Um, yeah. So, then the next few episodes are gonna be bummers. Not that the first couple weren't bummers, but... Yeah. These ones are gonna be particularly focused on the victims. And... That tends to... To hurt more. (laughs) To sting a little bit more. Um... Oh, I'm making myself a t-shirt with the logo for this show on it. Um, so I guess you can message the Gmail. Email my Gmail, me in, if you want one. I think that they're like 20 bucks. I don't know. I get them from Custom Ink or Teespring. One of the two. I don't know. None of you guys pay me. Also, pay me. That's another one. Everybody, every corporation that wants to put an ad on this show that gets like, you know, 80 listeners an episode come through (laughs) come through and get on this whole get on this train man this is gonna be oops this is gonna be a fast moving train i'm telling you we're on a one track zoom zoom to stardom god damn it (laughs) also for the record every week i am getting comfier and comfier i have this big old fuzzy pillow that i found at fucking aldi Like, why did they have a pillow at Aldi? A fuzzy pillow at Aldi? Was it even for sale? Or did I just take it? No, I definitely paid for it at Aldi. The grocery store. Um, a beanbag chair and this fucking fuzzy blanket. And you know what? Not all from Aldi. This is from Electro Threads blanket. And this is a Big Joe beanbag chair from Walmart. Um, I'm really just trying to get sponsorships here, if you can't tell. I would love some extra money for this pageant. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Um, iTunes. If you're on iTunes, or if you are iTunes, I need you to do this for me. I need you to do the stars. Give me five of them. Um, <laughs> review and subscribe. That's how I get on lists. That's how I become more searchable. And that's how you spread this beautiful podcast to the rest of this beautiful world that we live in. Um... Okay, I I love you. I do. Message me if you want a t-shirt. Mwah.